so yesterday we gave everyone a bit of a mind blow moment when we announced that a scientist in the UK said that we should be keeping our milk in the fridge fridge rather than in the fridge door. I'm still reeling from that nonsense. We asked everyone on Insta as well then what mm-hmm. where, where they keep their milk. We got some replies. Uh, Jayesh says milk in the door. Mm-hmm. Alicia says milk in the door. Good. But my sibling Hazel, uh-huh. cheeky wee troll they are, room temperature milk is best. Room temperature milk. <laughs> Gross. I like that, yeah. Room temperature milk and warm beer. Anyway, thanks for getting in touch. We yeah, d- we good. always love it when you you give us your reckons on something yeah. we've talked about. It just I mean, was... now I'll try some room temperature milk tomorrow, and um, yeah, I might be taking the rest of the week off actually. So uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, Kilda, this is news of all. I'm Emil, and I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. Wealth taxes are in the news. So what are they, and do they work? In a rapid topical shift, has the US government been covering up hard physical proof of aliens? BNZ's Mike Jones is here to answer your questions about the murky world of economics. And what's the perfect number of people to have at a party? Spoiler alert, not many. If any. No, you need some. Otherwise it's not a party. Anyway, we've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. We're going to kick things off with wealth taxes today after the Green Party announced their tax policy over the weekend. Now, we're not going to run you through that right now. You can enjoy that in your spare time if you're so inclined. (laughs) If you're so inclined. (laughs) Uh, Yes, instead we thought we would chat a bit about what wealth taxes actually are and how they work and whether they've been successful elsewhere because they have been implemented elsewhere. Now, Robin Walker is a partner at Deloitte's tax team and she's with us now. Kia ora. Hello. Robin, starting off with sort of the basics, I suppose, can you just explain what is a wealth tax at its core and how does a wealth tax differ from income tax? Yeah, well, essentially at its most basic, an income tax taxes income. So it's the product of your activities or how your assets are being used. It's generally measured on an annual basis. Uh, whereas a wealth tax is, is essentially just looking at what is the value of what you own. And it's essentially taking a slice of that as tax. How can you calculate a wealth tax? Like how do you figure out a person's wealth? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so a wealth tax isn't something that New Zealand has had before, so it's hard to know exactly how it would work. But how essentially it goes in other countries is that you need to undertake evaluation process each year of what are your assets worth. And each country that has these, and we'll get onto that shortly, uh, generally will apply different methodologies. So it's looking at what is the value of your assets. So it could be looking at your houses, um, any businesses that you invest in, and applying some, some kind of methodology to work out evaluation each year. Could a wealth tax, though, be seen as, I guess, disincentivizing the hoarding of wealth? Because that's a narrative that you hear quite a lot these days, right, is that wealthy people are hoarding wealth and that wealth can be reinvested to um, to, to create a more productive kind of society. What, what's um, your read on that? I mean, I'm not sure I would really necessarily agree with that. I mean, essentially... If people accumulate wealth, it is their property, it, it belongs to them. I mean, I guess one of the, the problems when you do have 
a new tax, like a wealth tax, is is what does that actually do to disincentivize different activities, and and what effect does that have on decision making? Now, one of the um, things that we're seeing is that Norway is having a number of issues with their wealth tax, which they have recently increased the rate of. Since they've increased their rate of wealth tax, they've had a significant increase in wealthy people leaving. Norway. You know, you've got a decision when you're wealthy as well. You you do have that luxury of deciding, do I want to live here or do I want to live somewhere else that doesn't have the tax? One of the other issues we're seeing, um, I've read about in, in Norway, is just how it's impacting on startup businesses, for example. So you might have started a business, it's going really well, and obviously it needs to be valued each year. If you get up to this $2 million threshold of what your businesses were, you might still be in a startup phase. Like you're not necessarily going to be swimming in cash at that particular point in time, but you're going to have this massive, potentially massive tax liability coming each year. And what's happening in Norway is that a lot of um, entrepreneurial people are saying, well, actually, the business can't afford to be based here. Interesting calculus. And I'm sure this is not the last that we will hear of uh, the wealth tax discourse this year. Robin Walker from Deloitte, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Okay, so uh, this is an interesting story. The US House of Representatives, <laughs> keep it together, man, is uh, preparing to hold a hearing to find out whether the country's government is hiding information about aliens from itself. I just want New Zealand Parliament to do the same thing, just for just to see. Yeah. Just go on. Yeah, maybe we should do a petition. Petitions have to be considered once they get to a certain level, right? Just to check. Yeah, this all sounds confusing. And as you can tell, our senior <laughs> aliens correspondent, Imogen Wells, is very excited to talk about this one, aren't you? Kia ora. Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay, so what the actual is going on here? Well, these claims come from a man called David Grush. He was employed in US intelligence for 14 years until he left in April most recently as part of a defence team analysing unidentified anomalous phenomena. That's something you don't want to say five times fast. He says the US has possession of intact and partially intact vehicles which are not of human origin. So basically he's saying they are made by aliens. He says the existence of those items and others collected over decades has been illegally withheld from Congress. Imogen, what is an unidentified anomalous phenomena? It's a new name for a UFO, Uh but it's basically the same thing. Something we can't identify, but it's there. So the new abbreviation of unidentified anomalous phenomena is UAP. UAP. WAP. (laughs) WAP. <laughs> I think WAP's already taken, actually. Uh, <laughs> they might Damn need to come up with something else. Um, all right, look, the big question, is this credible or is this dude a total kook? Well, it's hard to pin down because it sounds barking mad, but then again, who knows? This guy worked there for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And in 2021, the US government did release a report which found more than 140 WAP <laughs> instances which could not be explained. That came after footage of a flying object near a U.S. Navy ship off San Diego. And Navy pilots reporting strange sightings in the sky as well. Um, Okay, so the House of Representatives in the U.S. is going to do a hearing into this. When is that hearing going to happen? The date is yet to be set, but expected to be sometime in the next few weeks. Senior alien correspondent signing off. And just to cover my bases, I for one welcome our new insect overlords. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. 
Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You'll also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. Every week, as you know, we talk to our man in the economic know, Mike Jones from ENZ, about all the economics-y things happening. Uh, but this week, we wanted to know what you want to know. So we have a selection of questions here for Mike for this week's edition of The Pulse. Kia ora, Mike. How are you going? Kia ora, guys. Going well, thank you. Good, good, good. Uh, question number one from Jen. If the OCR has stopped rising... Will banks continue to raise mortgage rates? Well, the OCR is one part of how mortgage rates are set and can move. The others being funding costs for banks and also longer-term wholesale interest rates are probably the bigger drivers of, of mortgage rates. And those things are still moving around. So, yeah, rates can still change uh, from here kind of up and down. But, yeah, the Reserve Bank has certainly... Uh, drawn a little bit of a line in the sand with regard to the official cash rate, at least, and saying it's reached about as high as it will go for now. And they're going to watch, worry, and wait. We got a question here from Ange. Uh, when is the exchange rate going to rebound? And I'll add on to that as well. You know, what what affects the New Zealand exchange rate in relation to other currencies? Yeah, so it's sort of this could be someone maybe going on holiday coming into winter. It might be the case. Might be the case. Yeah. So yeah. High, you know, higher exchange rate obviously uh, boosts the the bang for your buck you get from your New Zealand dollars when you go offshore and you know, mm-hmm. your, your sea world tickets are cheaper or whatever have you. So the, the sorts of things you need to know for an exchange rate um, are you know, a, a country's growth prognosis, interest rates, the outlook, commodity prices. There's kind of a whole lot of things that go into the mix. And, and the thing that people forget as well is that exchange rates are a relative price. Mm-hmm. So not only do you need to know that stuff for New Zealand, but you need to know it for the other country that you're um, exchanging foreign currency with. So it's it's sort of like a price, a stock price on a country relative to another. And that's kind of why uh, they're really hard to forecast. I mean, the, the exchange rates, the New Zealand dollar, are probably the least well forecast bit of economics because there's kind of so many things you need to get your head around. So the answer to that one, I suppose, is we, we, we don't know. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. When it rebounds, it rebounds. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the theory literally says kind of don't bother. There you go, Ange. Yeah, have fun with that one. (laughs) And enjoy your holiday. Mike Jones, always a pleasure, never a chore to have you on. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Emil, if you were going to have a dinner party, how many people would you invite? I'm having it at my house, am I? Yep. Right. So I have a pretty little house, so room is going to be a consideration here. I'm going to say like maybe seven or eight people. Probably, and that would be pushing it. Yeah. Well, science has the perfect answer. Fresh from the esteemed and very well-known Cheltenham Science Festival over the weekend, the perfect number of guests is four or a multiple of four, so eight or 12. Right. Is that a conversation thing, is it? Yeah. Apparently, the maximum number of people who can maintain a successful conversation is four, which kind of explains why team meetings are chaotic, right? Well, what's a successful conversation? 
you can't keep up with other people's mental state. Yeah. So four people is sort of the, the sweet spot in terms of monitoring everyone. But the other thing as well uh, is that, say there's six or seven of you, sometimes two people start to lead the conversation and yeah. then it sort of leaves an awkward number to peel off. So you feel like you have to listen to these two people debating as such or holding court. So with, if you're in fours, you can you can break away. You can break away. Quite nicely. Yeah. Into break the, away. Into Quite the breakout nicely. rooms for the sub conversations. Break you don't have so much like talking across each other nah, either, right? Like nah. that sucks when you're sitting next to someone and they're talking to somebody like at the other end of the table yep. and they're shouting and you want to say, shut the... But also, pesky Juno that I am, mm. if I'm part of one conversation and I can hear another conversation going on at the other end of the table, my ears are like, whoop, whoop, what's everyone talking about? Right. So then I'm half in, half out of both. Worst place to be. I wonder if you'd make my dinner party cut then now that I know the number. Speaking of dinner parties, if you were having a dinner party and you were allowed to invite one person and they would definitely come, alive or dead, who would it be? Can you guess who I would say? I th- I'm, please <laughs> tell me it's not Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but Is it, it is. actually Taylor Swift? Of course. She's my queen. Who would yours be? You know, I think Viggo Mortensen's a pretty interesting dude mm. for actor. I want to hear our audience's suggestions. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. Yeah, who you're allowed to invite one person, living or dead, to your dream dinner party, and they're definitely going to turn up. Who's it going to be? Let us know on the Insta, Newsable NZ, or flick us an email, newsable at stuff.co.nz. But I think that's us for today, isn't it? I reckon that's Newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells. And I'm Emile Donovan. If you enjoyed this episode, please do follow us on your favourite podcast player. Leave us a rating and a review. It helps other listeners to discover the show, and we'd really appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media to stay up to date on new episodes, get some behind-the-scenes content, and also vote on our Insta polls and get in touch uh, when we ask questions like, who would you invite to a dinner party? Find us on Insta and TikTok by searching Newsable NZ. Have a great day. Taylor Swift is coming to my dinner party, not yours. Viggo Mortensen's not coming to my dinner party. Was this episode of Newsable usable? Then back NZ News by making a financial contribution at stuff.co.nz support.